are listening to the podcast of Anthem Church in Columbia, Missouri. For more information, visit us online at anthemcolumbia.com. Hi, good morning, guys. It's a fun time of a year to be me. Um, it usually is, but um, when you have six kids, you always have a birthday at some point. Um, and so, but this time of year, so I had a birthday just earlier this month with uh, Phineas turning six, which is kind of fun. Um, but March is a fun time of year because we have two birthdays in the family. We have Phineas, and then tomorrow my wife has a birthday. Uh, I won't. I, <laughs> I was just checking the eyes to read. Like, do I say the number? She has a birthday tomorrow. Isn't that great? <laughs> <laughs> so it's a fun time of year to be alive and to celebrate life um, and in our family. So, um, but the Bible today, I want to start off, um, we are finishing up the book of Galatians this morning. Uh, so we'll be in chapter 6, covering the last verses, 11 through 18. Um, and then next week is Easter, and like Stan said, after that we'll go into a four-week study of the book of Jonah. So as much fun as parties and birthday parties and woohoos and... Uh, ticker tape and all that stuff is, the Bible actually gives us some wisdom this morning um, regarding that, and I have it up on a slide for you, Ecclesiastes 7, verse 2. It says, it is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting, for this is the end of all mankind, and the living will lay it to heart. So the Bible actually says it's better to attend a funeral than a festival, because it puts things into perspective for you. And the Bible isn't down on parties. The Bible is all about parties. <laughs> the, the wedding feast of the Lamb, we're all, all of us who worship Jesus are really looking forward to the party that's coming. But as we're here, as we're living life, it says it's better for us to attend a funeral than a festival because it's the end of all of us. This is, all of us will be in a box someday or the Lord will return. And so it's good for us to ponder that because we don't like to think about that, we usually put that off. We don't even like going to funerals. We'd rather go to parties. It's more fun. There's better cake um, at parties usually, and, and people, there's smiles. You know, they make for better Facebook posts. You don't take pictures usually at a funeral and post them. They're like, check out who I... You don't take selfies at a funeral usually. That's not the vibe. Um, so we don't like them. They're not as fun. They're not good for our social media feed. But it's better for us to go to funerals because it puts something in perspective. And this morning, as we finish the book of Galatians... I want to put a very specific funeral that I want you to attend. Not just find a funeral, not just comb the obituaries and go find some person to go and realize it. Although, that's always good. Like, go take a walk through a graveyard. It puts things in perspective. People lived, and look at the dashes. Look how long they lived. Think about it. Some of them died young. Some of them lived a long life. Wonder what they did with all that time. Wonder what happened to them, what their story was. But this morning, I want you to think there's one specific funeral you need to go to and that uh, the text is going to push us towards, you need to attend your own funeral. You need to die to yourself. You need to attend your own funeral. This has been present in the book of Galatians, and we're going to show you a couple examples. This has been here. It's been there the whole time. We haven't really focused on it as a topic of the sermon, um, but he really zeroes in on it at the end here. And so even look at Galatians 1.13. He says, you've heard of my former life. He's talking about his God story. You don't have a former life unless that life is gone. I have a former life. That one's dead. You've heard about that. That's dead to me. I'm different now. Something new has happened. And then look at Galatians 2.20. Paul here says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, 
but Christ who lives in me. I'm, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. I'm dead. Something different has happened. I have died to myself. Now I live with Jesus. Something new has happened. And then look at one last example from uh, Galatians 5.24. <clears throat> Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Those who roll with Christ, those who belong to Jesus, have died to themselves. There's something about we need to attend our own funeral. We need to make a decision to die to ourselves. And we need to make it as a choice. We need to choose to do it. We don't need to be accidentally drug off and killed by somebody else. We need to be the ones who are doing the own um, killing. We need to die to ourselves and make a decision to attend our own funeral and decide from here on out it's not about me. I'm dead. It's about Jesus. That's what I'm about now. My life is different. So the big idea this morning, the language I'm going to come back to is you cannot live for God unless you die. You can't live for God. You cannot live for God unless you die. Starting in Galatians 6, verse 11, let's make our way through the passage. This is what we do at Anthem. We work through books of the Bible, um, and uh, hopefully as we walk through the the verses, you'll see that this isn't something Todd wants to talk about this morning. (laughs) This is in, like, Todd's a a dark dude. (laughs) It's just like, hey, happy Palm Sunday, let's die. (laughs) The text goes there, so this is what we do. What the Bible talks about, we talk about. So if it's weird, sorry, what do you want me to do? You want to talk about something else? What? You didn't come here to hear Todd talk about rando stuff. You want to hear the Bible. You want to hear what does God have to say about anything. Nobody cares what Todd thinks, I hope. <laughs> I hope you didn't all come here to see me talk. You came here to hear what God says. So look at verse 11. <clears throat> Paul even says, See with what large letters I am writing to you with my own hand. So first point out of the gate. Christianity is not fine print. You know, fine print, right? You're like, hey, come and have your best life now. You're going to have to die. <laughs> Don't forget to kill yourself. <laughs> like, it's, it's not the fine print. This is the big stuff. You, you, he's like, I want you to, it's unmistakably large. You have to die. Look at how large I'm writing it. Paper is more expensive back then than it is now, and I'm using a bunch of it. <laughs> You know, and I'm using my own hand, like John Hancock style. Like, I don't want King George to miss this. John Hancock. <laughs> you know, like, like, I want it to be big, and I want you to know, this is me, this is Paul, saying, you have to die. If you want to live for God, you have to die. Christianity is not a fine print religion. There's no, like, bait and switch. There's no, like, hey, and then, like, oh, right, I forgot, you have to drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> Whoops, I should have told you that. You probably wouldn't have come. <laughs> Christianity doesn't want to do that. Jesus Jesus comes through the front door. Paul comes through the front door. The Bible wants to turn the cards around and show you, here's what we're working with. There's no secrets. It's all up front. There's no secret recipe, no secret sauce. And Paul's writing this with his own hand. Now, this is important. This is a big deal. He's personally doing it. Um, you say, well, didn't Paul write all of his letters? Well, yes, he narrated them, but like even Romans, we see at the end, the guy named Tertius was the scribe. So Paul's, you can, you know, pacing back and forth, and Tertius is like, what, 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 what? <laughs> Trying to keep up in his fastest, like Hebrew uh, or Greek or whatever he's writing in, <clears throat> whatever Tertius understood. Um, so Tertius was uh, a scribe, but this one, Paul takes the pen. No, this is too big of a deal. I'm going to write it. This is, this is written in Paul's penmanship not just his thoughts, not just the Holy Spirit infusing the apostle to tell, but actually his actual physical hand. And he's writing it in big letters. Don't miss this. If you miss anything, don't miss this. If you want to live for Jesus, 
you must die. But we don't like that all that much. Like, that's not a great, you know, uh, a way to, you don't throw a party, send out invitations that way usually. <laughs> we're going to have a, a party, we're all going to die, show up at 7 o'clock, bring, bring cake. <laughs> like, that doesn't usually get a lot of people uh, to, you get a lot of maybes on that one. You know, will attend? Maybe. <laughs> I don't want you to know I'm not coming. So maybe, sure. Look at verses 12 through uh, 13. We don't like this idea, and Paul knows that. So he says, it is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised, and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. Look, we, we would rather look good. Like, don't tell me I have to die. Tell me how to improve myself. I didn't come to church today to hear that I can't do it. I came here for a pep rally. I came here for a pep talk. Tell me, put wind in my sails. Tell me I can do this. Show me the five steps to a better me. I'll do three of them and call it good. You know, just like prescriptions when you get it. It's like, take this for six weeks, like, or until I feel better, and I'll throw the rest away. <laughs> like, like, we just want to improve. We don't want to die. Don't tell me that. Like, don't tell me I have to die. Don't, I want to look good. I want to make a good showing in the flesh. Can I just, rather than just like a total overhaul of like, just, send that car to the lot and buy a new one? Can I just like put it up on the lift and find it? And can I overhaul it? And can I make this life better? Can I improve this life enough to the point that God will accept it? Do I really have to die? Because being <clears throat> crucified, being dying to yourself is faux pas. It's not, it's not, people don't like that. People don't, it makes people uncomfortable. Like, uh, I work in an office, Stan said, I work at Shelter Insurance, and you guys have, if you've worked in an office, or if you know them, there are signs around the offices, you know, and it's usually like got like an eagle, you know, like soaring over some like landscape that's beautiful, and it says perseverance, and it says the only failure is giving up, you know, or something like that, <laughs> you know, like, or, or, or integrity, and it has like some pithy thing like, yeah, that's right, I'm going to do this today, it's just some insurance claims. <laughs> but like, the, the only failure is giving up. There's one that, that seriously says that exact thing in my office. I see it every day when I go to get my mail. It says, the only failure in life is giving up. The only thing that we won't accept is if you say, I can't do it. I won't allow you to say that. I'll be like, no, I'm going to push you. Push. Go, go, go. Go. Don't stop. Never give up. Never quit. When it comes to this, when it comes to life with Christ, when it comes to being received by God, it is, that, that, won't, that won't fly. It won't work. You can't improve yourself. You can't push. You must give up. You must die. That's like the, it's like the ultimate giving up. <laughs> like, I'm just done. I'm dead. I'm moving on. I need something new. This isn't working. And Paul says very clearly that the reason why people are trying to look good is because they want to avoid being persecuted for the cross. To, to tell people at work, I can't do it, they know that that has implications for them. They know that if you tell them, I can't do it, that they're thinking, what, are you saying that I can't do it too? Look, I, the only failure in life is giving up. I'm not giving up. You're just a quitter. It, it will come with persecution if you tell people the only way is Jesus. And I've tried my hardest, and I'm done with that. I'm dead to myself. It's just Jesus now. That's my only hope. Like the song we just sang, my only hope is what Jesus did. Look at, let's look at Jesus himself. Let's look at some verses like what Jesus himself said. Luke 14, 27. Look what Jesus himself said about this topic. He said, whoever does not bear his own cross 
and come after me cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not cannot. No matter how good you look, no matter how much you improve, whoever does not cannot. Now listen, like the message of Jesus is this. It's not come and have a great life and everything will go well for you. Some of you have been told that, and I'm sorry that you've been told that, but let me just clarify what Jesus actually said. He said, come and die or don't come. Come and die or don't. Don't come. If you're not going to die, don't come. And that isn't a message that usually draws a lot of people. And if you read the scriptures, you're going to see more on more occasions than not, Jesus, people are leaving Jesus, not continuing to follow him. More people than not are like, well, if that's the message, then I don't want that. I thought something else was going on here. I thought church would do something else for me. I don't want that. That's too much. But Jesus said very clearly, come and die or don't come. You cannot be a Christian without being crucified. There is no other Christianity. You either bear your cross like he bore his, or you don't follow him. You aren't with him if you are not doing that. Whoever does not, cannot. I think in our Christian communities and our churches, we think of death, kind of those who die to themselves, as kind of like graduate-level Christianity. It's like the black belt, you know, like master chef-level Christianity. And you're like, well, that seems like a bit extreme, like the guy who knows the verses. You know, it's like, oh, I mean, I'm not a crazy Christian. I mean, I go to church, but I'm not going to like learn or I'm not going to tell you scripture off the top of my head. That's crazy. I watch movies. <laughs> I, have a, I have a life outside of church, you know. But Jesus is saying here, death is not like some goal that you reach. Like, oh, eventually if I take this really seriously, someday I'll be the kind of Christian who dies to myself. Death is not the master's graduate degree level Christianity. It's the letter of acceptance to school. It's the letter saying you've been accepted to even enroll in classes. It's begin your level. It's entry level. Death is a prerequisite to even get in. It's not the top tier. Like, and some of you have like spent some of your Christian life thinking, well, I know I'm not taking this seriously enough, but at some point, maybe when I get turned 30, maybe when I get married, maybe when I have kids, then I'll actually take this more seriously. I know I probably should, but for now I'm not going to because i got other things going on. I know I should. But when I get serious, then I'll be the kind of Christian who takes it seriously. Jesus says there are no kinds of Christians in that regard. There are dead Christians who are living with him, and then there are not Christians. Chesterton said all living Christians are dead pagans. Like Every Christian is somebody who used to be a pagan and is dead and has died to that and now lives with him. Look at something else Jesus said in that Luke 14 passage. He said in 27, whoever does not bears on cross, cannot be my disciple. And then he scrolled down like a few verses later, he says this. He's kind of clarifying in uh, verses 34 and 35. <clears throat> he says, and this will make perfect sense, right? He says, uh, salt is good. You're like, wait, what? What are we talking about? Salt is good, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is of no use either for the soil or for the manure pile. It is thrown away. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. He who has ears to hear, let him hear this. Salt flavors things. It preserves things. And if it doesn't do that, what use is it? What would you even do with it? Look, look what he says here. He's like, if, if, it, if, it, how shall, if it's not salty, it's no use for the soil. Like, I don't know what to do with it. And it's, and it's not even good for the manure pile. It, it would ruin poop. <laughs> poop is better off without it. 
At least poop is useful. You can put it in a garden. You can fertilize things with that. If salt is not salty, you would ruin manure. Salt would ruin manure. And what's, what's the connection? Salt is salty. Disciples die. That's what they do. If they don't, what use are they? I don't know what to do with you. I don't know what to do with people who follow me but don't die to themselves. I don't even know what to do. What, what, what is unsalty salt for? What are, what are disciples who are unwilling to die for? I don't know what to do with them, Jesus is saying. I'm my, the consternation of my mind. I'm telling you clearly, come and die or don't come, and yet you keep following me and you won't die. I don't know what to do with you. You would ruin manure. It, it, it's not just like the, the concept of being worthless, because worthless things can just be thrown away. Like he's saying, like, you just throw something away and it's fine. But it's worse than that because you make things worse. You understand that? Like, worthless things don't matter. If they're there or not there, it doesn't matter. But it's worse than that. You make things worse. You make manure worse. It's already pretty bad. <laughs> it's about the bottom of the food chain as you can get. It's the leftovers. It's, the, it's bad, and you would make that worse. So this is a big problem. This is not some light thing like take it or leave it. It's worse than worthless. It makes things worse. And having lots of people following him who are unwilling to die to him makes it more confusing for the people who are actually trying to follow. Like, what is going on here? Do we have to die to ourselves or not? I don't get it. Because some of you do, some of you don't. Some of you do whatever you want. Some of you do everything Jesus says. I'm confused. The ones who are trying to follow Jesus and unwilling to die are making it worse for everybody, for everything. But that's scary, right? I mean, like, who wants to, like, die to yourself? Who knows what might happen? If I, really, if I really, this morning, die to my dreams, if I die this morning, I choose, this morning, March 25th, 2018, Stony Creek Inn, I died that day. And ever since then, it's been about just, what might happen to me? That's scary, right? What will happen to me as a disciple? I think of a, a, a certain dialogue that happens in a in band of brothers where there's a guy who you know, deployed, D-Day, soldier, you know, he's got the full gear on, he's got a gun, um, he's supposed to be fighting, but instead he's hiding in a ditch. His whole, all of his friends are out fighting. All the people that he's trained with, loves, walks beside, they're all out fighting, doing what soldiers do, and he's hiding in a ditch. And somehow he survives that incident, and later, um, a, a gentleman named Captain Spears comes up to him, the guy who was hiding, his name is Blythe, and he says, you know why you hid, Blythe? Do you know why you hid? And, uh, and Blythe kind of, you know, sheepishly responds, I was scared. Captain Spears looks at him and says, we're all scared. You hid because you think there's still hope. But Blythe, the only hope you have is to accept the fact that you're already dead. And the sooner you accept that, the sooner you'll be able to function as a soldier is supposed to function. Soldiers cannot function by trying to save their own lives. Because if you're trying to save your own life, you're not fighting. That's a bad move <laughs> if you want to live. If you want to make it out of this thing alive, don't fight. That's a good way to get yourself killed. But if you're not fighting, you're not a soldier. You can put on the uniform, you can have a gun, you can have a helmet, you can have the right flag. You're not a soldier. You're a guy in a ditch. You're not doing what a soldier does, which is fight. Disciples cannot function trying to save their own lives. It doesn't work. You cannot function as a disciple if your goal is to save your own life. 
Because disciples are supposed to be dying to themselves. They're supposed to be living for God. And like we said, you cannot live for God unless you die to yourself. You aren't a disciple if you're not dying to yourself. You, there's just no way to function as a disciple. You can't even do the job. You can't fulfill the office. And look, Jesus said it this way too. I have it up on the screen. And it made such an impact on uh, three of the gospel writers, the synoptic gospels, Luke, Matthew, and Mark. Or you'd know them better as Matthew, Mark, and Luke in the right order, I suppose. <laughs> they, uh, they all heard Jesus say this, and it made such an impact on them that they all verbatim quoted the same thing. They all heard Jesus say this, and it impacted all of them. Later, when the Holy Spirit reminded them of all the things Jesus said and did, this stood out clearly to all three of them. Very clearly, very poignantly, they, they remember Jesus saying, for whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. That's not a, a threat, it's a promise. The promise is, if you die to yourself, I will save you, I promise. I promise you, it is worth it. I know it's scary. But I'm telling you how it is. I'm coming through the front door. I'm not fine printing this thing. I'm telling you, I'm showing you all my cars right out of the gate. You must die, but if you do, I will save you. I promise you. But if you don't die to yourself, if you're unwilling, if, you, if your goal is to save your own life, you will lose it. That is also a promise. But the point is that you would die so I can save you, not so that you would continue holding out and then lose your own life. I want you to be saved. Die to yourself now while you can. You cannot have the benefits of the cross without the costs. You cannot have the benefit of the cross without the cost. So let's get real for a moment. As though we haven't been real enough. But let's get real though. Let's have some real talk. Are you ready to die today? Did you come here ready to die? Probably not. Maybe you probably had other things on your mind. Palm Sunday, I don't know. Like, you got other things going on. But let's, let's get real for a moment. Are you, are you ready to die this morning? For this to be the last day, you mark it on your calendar. I died that day, like in a pronounced way. I died on March 25th, 2018, Stony Creek Inn. It was a weird place to die. But all of us did. All of us committed to Jesus, and we did it. Look at verse 14. Far be it from me to boast, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus. Now, I don't... Far be it for me to be excited or to boast or to brag about anything other than the fact that Jesus died for me, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Is today the day you stop boasting about other stuff? Stop orienting your life around other things? Paul says, far be it for me to orient my life around anything other than what Jesus did for me. And I show that by in like manner dying to myself daily. I'm going to die to myself. I'm crucified to the world. I am dead to the world. I don't care what they think is best. If Jesus says something clearly on the matter, he's the final authority, and I'm doing what he says. From now on, that's what I'm doing. And I'm making a decision right now. I'm committing to that. And when it's hard, when I don't want to, I remember the commitment that I made. I remember the fact that I am dead, and I don't resurrect that old self. I leave that one dead. And I let Jesus resurrect me, and I walk in the newness of life that he provides, the power that he rose, not the own power of me trying to drag my old self back out of the grave and do all those old things I used to do. Is today the day you declare yourself dead to the world and alive to God? There is nothing else you can do or not do that could save your soul. Look at verse 15. For neither circumcision counts for anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. 
neither circumcision or uncircumcision count for anything. There's nothing you can do or not do. Like maybe your confidence this morning was in something you have done. Like I read my Bible, I pray, I help old ladies across the street. Whatever the thing is that you do that you feel great about, it doesn't count for anything in terms of this if you don't die. If you aren't willing to die to yourself, it doesn't count. You must lose your life and then you will save it. But some of us put our hope in things we don't do. You know, like I haven't done meth. <laughs> but then the guy who does meth says like, well, I haven't done crack. <laughs> you know, and the guy who doesn't crack is like, well, at least I'm not in an insane asylum. You know, and the guy in the insane asylum is like, at least I'm an orange, you know, or whatever, you know, like... <laughs> Like, everybody has some reason why they think the thing that they're not doing is the reason. Your your abstinence from things isn't saving you any more than your participation in other things is saving you. The one thing that saves is dying to yourself. Jesus is not being unclear about this. Are we seeing it from Scripture? Are you seeing it in Galatians? Are you seeing Jesus saying it? It's not unclear. This is the message. Come and die or don't come, but if you come, you will live. I promise you. You will live if you come with me. The message of Galatians is not, don't get circumcised. <laughs> like, I know that comes up a lot. That's like, the, that's like the, the moment. That's the instigation. But Paul's main thing isn't that people would just leave and the Galatians would get done with the letter and be like, all right, don't get circumcised. Okay, got it. Like, that's not the point. The point is have faith in Jesus. Do what Jesus says. Rely on him alone. Like, circumcision happened to be the thing that was distracting them from the one thing. I don't know what your thing is, but focus on the one thing, living with Jesus, dying to yourself. Do that one thing, because you cannot be a new creation until the old one is dead and buried. And we see that, then he follows up in, uh, in verse 15, sorry, he's still at the end of it. He says the only thing, he says circumcision, uncircumcision don't count for anything, but a new creation counts for everything. A new creation. The new creation counts for everything. And in order for that to be true, the old self must die. Look at 2 Corinthians 5.17 with me. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. If you're in him, you are new. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Look, in order to be a new creation, the old must pass away. Like, we even say stuff like that. We use so-and-so passed away. It's a euphemism. You know, like, so-and-so kicked the bucket. I mean, that's a less kind way of saying it, but like we say stuff like that, right? We say like, so-and-so is sleeping with the fishes, see? You know, like if you're in a mob movie, I guess you say that, I don't know, like it's one way of saying it. You say he's dead as a doornail. Or you say like, oh, it's Bob, he gone, you know? Like, like depending on how you think about it, but like the old has passed away. Don't miss the point here. The old is dead. The old has passed away. It's not just like, oh, where'd it go? It passed away. <laughs> it was going by and it missed, must have missed him. <laughs> You'll catch him later. No, he's dead passed away. The old is gone. Behold, the new has come. The only thing that counts is a new creation. And you can't remake yourself. You didn't give birth to yourself. You can't rebirth yourself. Place yourself in the hands of God. You had nothing to do with your own birth other than the pain you caused somebody to have it happen. (laughs) You were not a participant. You were a hindrance. (laughs) You were the thing making that harder. (laughs) You weren't helping out. Same with your rebirth. Turn to him and he will rebirth you. He will give you new life. He will make you a new creation. Lay yourself down and he will raise you something brand new. All by his power, all for his glory, all for your good. But remember the big idea, right? You cannot live for God unless you die. I've been focusing a lot on the die part. And that's fair. (laughs) 
<laughs> if you're sitting there and you're like, yeah, you've been, we got it, Todd, die. Okay, it's a one, one note and I'm just playing it over and over, like got that E chord, just grind it out, you know? Um, you musicians will appreciate it, the other people don't matter, whatever. Um, you cannot live for God, though. Remember, the main point is living for God. It's not dying. Dying is how you get to live for God. Like, my main point is you cannot live for God unless you die. And I want you to want to live for God. That's the goal, not just being dead. <laughs> the goal is living for God. And so look at the last few verses here that we figure out there. This is how the letter ends. The note ends on the, on the upswing of like, you must die in order to live. And that's where he focuses on life and livelihood. He says, all for, as, as for all of you, verse 16, who walk by this rule, those of you who walk by the rule of being dead, who walk by the rule of a new creation, who, those of you who have died are walking. So make it clear, the goal is walking, being alive. Being alive is the goal. As for all of you who walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. I've, I'm dead to myself, and when you look at my back, you know it's true. Because I look a lot like Jesus. I got scars all over me from being whipped, from being thrown rocks at me. I, I am living for God. Because the old Paul is dead. Old Paul would never put up with this kind of stuff. <laughs> old Paul would never be abused publicly for people. Old Paul would never be persecuted for the cross. New creation Paul is ready to roll with Jesus, and I will live with him, and I will lose my life for his sake that I might save it. No one can look at me and deny that I am living for God. Look at me. You tell me that I'm not living for God. And he's got all these scars and everything over him, this hobbled apostle with his hand writing this letter. Look at me and tell me that I don't believe my gospel. One thing you can't say about Paul is that he was a charlatan or he's making it up. He lived this stuff. He wasn't just writing good advice books. He was doing what he told people to do. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Brothers, amen. The book ends on good news. Jesus, we're, we're Palm Sunday. We're celebrating his triumphant entry into Jerusalem, which will end by Friday in his death on a cross. But the hope of Christianity is not that Jesus died. The hope of Christianity is that Jesus rose again. Amen? He's not dead still. Yes, Jesus died. And that's why even in my sermon, I talk a lot about death. But the goal isn't death. The goal is resurrection. And so let me modify my main point. My main point was you cannot live for God unless you die. But you cannot be resurrected unless you die. That just logically makes sense. <laughs> if you want to experience resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead, you're going to have to die. But you're going to experience resurrection power. And his promise is that if you die to yourself, I will save you. And you will walk in newness of life. You will live. You won't stay dead. If you die to yourself and come with me, I will raise you and we will walk together. Everyone who dies in Christ will rise and will walk in triumphant victory with him. As we transition here at, at Anthem, the way we respond to the hearing of God's word is by taking communion. There's tables back there, there, and there. These two have gluten-free. As we transition into that, you close up your Bibles. I have one last verse um, you can put up on the screen for you. Romans 12:1. <clears throat> Therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. The walking dead. You need to die to yourself and go live for God. Living sacrifice is holy and pleasing to God. 
This is your spiritual worship. You want to know what God wants? He wants you to die to yourself and live for him. And you cannot live for him unless you die. You must attend your own funeral. You must make that decision. And Jesus says on multiple occasions that you must carry your own cross daily. So you might be hearing this and be like, yep, check, done that. I've died before. It's another day, time to die. (laughs) It's another day, time to die. You carry your cross daily. So you die every day. Whether it's been 10 years, one week, or you came in here, a walking person who's never died. As we respond, as we transition to this time of communion, I want you as the band, as the band will come up and start playing, I want you to, not as I'm talking, but when they do. (laughs) That isn't a cue to your band, guys. You're like, oh, am am I coming up? What am I doing? You can start making your way up here. But listen, here's what I want you to do. You people in the crowd, I want you to, those of us, myself included, those of us who are hearing it, when you're in your seat, Make the seat that you're sitting in the seat that you die in today. Make the decision before you come and take communion that you are dead. Make today your white funeral. It's not the end. It's not the box funeral. But this is the I'm dead to myself. I'm putting myself in the grave. And, And the me that came walked in this room this morning dies in this chair. And I will rise and I will go and take communion. I will receive the body. I will tear off a piece of bread that is the body that Jesus was broken for me. And I will dip it in the cup, which is the blood that he poured out for me. And I will receive it. And I will walk in newness of life. I will leave out those doors a different person, a new creation. And today, March 25th, 2018, I died that day. And then you'll die again tomorrow. And you'll die again the next day. But Jesus promises, those who die with me will live with me. I promise you, if you lose your life for my sake, I will save it. Do you believe that? If you believe that, die today. Close your eyes and die. Commit. Have the funeral. Have the service. Eulogize your old self. Be done with it and then move on. Get up and live for him. If you die to yourself, you can live for God and he will save you. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. It's so clear. It's so convicting. It's not hard because it's hard to understand. It's hard because it's such a big deal. And you know that it's a big deal. That's why you said it so plainly, so clearly, so unmistakably that we must die. And it's scary. I don't want to die to my dreams, my hopes, my desires. I don't know what you'll do to me or for me or what will happen. I don't know what life looks like when I'm not leading it, when I'm not in charge. It's scary. I don't know. But I do know one thing, that I trust your promise, that if I do that, you will save me. And I will walk with you in newness of life. Whatever that looks like, I will count the cost. I want the cross, and I don't, want to, I don't want to skip the cost of it. I want to pay every penny that you've accounted for me. Empty my bank, empty my calendar, do what me with you will. I will pay whatever the cost in order to have the cross and to be with you. Lord, help us this morning, all of us, those who've died a million times, a thousand deaths, and those who've never died before, to die in these chairs this morning, to rise to life and commune with you receiving your body and your blood on our behalf and living our days in light of that for your glory and for our own good. In your name we pray, amen.